You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, by a final score of 76-44, to 44, uh, despite giving up the last eight points of the game, I believe, uh, in a game that I used defense dominated in the first half, forcing Louisiana at one point to miss 25 straight shots over a near 14-minute time span. Uh, really took control of the game there. Got a lot of guys some uh, opportunities to play, in some cases due to foul trouble, in some cases due to the flow of the game. Uh, but a really strong effort from IU in a number of facets, although there are a couple, uh, couple opportunities, if you will, uh, as we move forward that I'm sure we'll talk about here. But uh, IU moves to 4-0 on the season, and uh, we're here to break it all down for you. So I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. Here with the coach Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos to uh, to break down the game, and uh, we'll join you here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. So let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably cheat a little bit and combine a couple moments from the first half. But if you think about this team being able to hang a banner, I think you need a couple things. One, you need guys on the bench to step up, and two, need to make shots. Uh, and there were some key stretches where where they did both um there was one stretch in the first half uh over a four possession span there was a, a pretty odd lineup that IU had in Parker Stewart and Xavier Johnson had picked up two fouls so you're getting a lot of Christian Lander and Scoot Bates in the backcourt and those two played well together you had Michael Durr in the front court. Geronimo was in the game I believe at this point and there was a really nice four possession sequence so it it started with uh Christian Lander getting a layup off of a really nice pass from Scoop then two possessions later, Lander returned the favor, kicked it to Scoop. He you know, drew a baseline, kicked it to Scoop in the corner for a three. Uh, and then the the play after that, they ran essentially the same set, but swung the ball back to the top. Uh, Michael Durr got the ball inside and scored. And, and so you had seven straight points from, uh, from IU supporting cast during that stretch. Uh, and those guys on the bench played really big minutes in the first half. And then from a three-point shooting perspective, uh, you had a stretch in the second half where IU made three straight threes. Thought it was going to be four. Parker Stewart had one rim out. Uh, but Stewart made a three. Miller Cott made a three. Stewart made another one. Uh, and then Stewart, like I said, had one rim out. And and for the game, IU shot the ball really well from deep. They, they took a few uh, late in the game that, that did not go in, but ended up being 10 of 19 for the game, 8 of 14 in the second half. Uh, so, again, to me, those – those stretches of play uh, exemplified things that IU is going to need to get over the course of the season uh, if they want to hang a banner of any kind. So uh, I'll double up on my uh, on my Hoosier Proud banner moment there. So, uh, all right. Uh, the banner moment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. And uh, they're now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. In case you missed it, Homefield recently did a brand refresh of their IU collection, adding three new items to bring their extensive IU collection to more than 40 items total. They have also have vintage apparel from more than 120 colleges and universities across the country, so there truly is something for almost everyone at Homefield. And the big thing to remind you guys about is uh, with uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up, this is a, uh, a big one for, for Homefield. So they're having an incredible site-wide sale that starts November 26th, which is Black Friday, runs through November 29th, Cyber Monday, where you get 20% off all of their comfortable, high-quality shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies. 
again, all items are going to be 20% off for the duration of the sale. No promo code is needed. Uh, but remember, items are subject to sell out. Homefield recommends ordering as early as possible so that their warehouse and shipping carriers have plenty of time to get shirts to you for the holiday season. So again, go to homefieldapparel.com today and start planning ahead for the Black Friday sale. Then on Black Friday, load up your cart and get 20% off your entire order. Again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, Jared and Ryan are off tonight. Coach is actually uh, covering the game as a as a member of the media. Uh, I did not get any reports from anyone that he was cheering on press row, but uh, remains to be seen. We'll certainly let everybody know if uh, if that is the case. But we do have a couple folks who, rumor has it, are or at least in some discussion to potentially do an IU women's postgame show, so not to put them on the spot. Uh, but Jared told me that was at least had been discussed a little bit. So... Uh, First, I'll throw it to the coach, Jeff Marlowe, the uh, the host of the Grace Burger Show uh, that some of you uh, hopefully are listening to. I got a chance to listen to it, and uh, he's really helped unlock Grace's uh, half-court to three-quarter court game uh, just by being on the show. So uh, that's that's paying dividends for the Lady Hoosiers already. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, 76-44 IU win tonight? Well, I think for me, being the coach that I am, that I really liked – there were times in the first half, and I think I tweeted it out earlier, that um, there was times we were just stagnant. We were we were kind of playing some one-on-one type basketball, and we were – I shouldn't say one-on-one. We just really were trying to hit a, a, a specific set. A lot of times it was Race or TJD down in the post, and we just kind of stood around. I thought in the second half in that segment that you mentioned, Andy, and, that, and that's kind of what I marked down, that, that about – really about a minute 15 segment where we moved the ball and we got good open looks and we drained the three. And I tweeted out, when was the last time this, you know, we'd seen three possessions with three straight threes go to go in. And so I really enjoyed watching the ball movement at times. Now, the part that I think is, you know, <laughs> I'm joking here because I doubt Coach Woodson has this type of punishment. But back in my day, there would have been a lot of bleacher laps coming tomorrow for 26 turnovers. But on the flip side of that, they held they held Louisiana to nineteen percent. I mean, that's really hard sometimes to hold even a you know a, a bad team to nineteen percent for the game. And Louisiana came in playing pretty well. I mean, I'm not going to make it sound like they're a P five team, but they were playing pretty well, and we held them to nineteen percent for the game. All right, and. Sorry, couldn't get off mute there. Uh, all right, and also joining us for uh, I gotta get we gotta get names for you guys' opening statements. But uh, we've got Kathy Amos. We got Kathy's corner. I don't know what we I don't know what we do here. We'll uh, we'll go with that for for tonight. So uh, Kathy, uh, what were your uh, big yep. takeaways from the game? Yeah, I think we already have a coach's corner, so I feel like I oh, should true. have my own corner. But there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with both, both what uh, you have already said. Um, for me, I think the biggest takeaway is just how much time and run our bench was able to get. So this is, I think, a great game for our bench to really get in there and get some good experience, including even Nate Childress, right, one of our walk-ons. Um, so in terms of um, minutes, which they really needed, so some of our starters got into foul trouble fairly early on, right, Xavier? Um, we have a number of people hurt. So I, I think it was just a great, great time for us to have a game like this where we had a lot of people come in that normally wouldn't have potentially get a, the number of minutes. And I'm sure we'll, we'll break it all down here later. But a lot of our bench players got more time than our, our starters did. 
Um, and I think we really needed that as a team going into some of these games. So um, <laughs> Jeff, Coach Jeff already mentioned the turnovers, which um, I think it was a glaring problem. Um, the other one that um, I'm hoping we can start looking at cleaning up and really soon before <laughs> Big Ten play is our lack of uh, defensive rebounding, the offensive rebounding. I, I know Louisiana had a lot of missed shots, so they had a lot of opportunities for um, their own offensive rebounds, but I think we really need to clean that up. It just seemed like we left a lot on the table there for them to, to be able to potentially get more points, right? So you have a team that's actually hitting their shots, so they and we let them have those second chance and third chance points. I think we're going to see that really come back to bite us later in the year. So those are some of the the, the downsides. I, there's so many, I think, positives to this. And again, I'm sure we'll get into it. But for me, the biggest positive is just the fact that our, our bench got a lot of run tonight, and I was happy to see that. Yeah, so let's kind of talk about the defense first uh, as we think about main storylines because that was really um, th- that really allowed IU to seize control. I, it, part of this, Louisiana missed some some shots in close that uh, that you're probably not going to go 25 straight shots without making. Uh, but again, I think we saw IU's defense really come out and set the tone. They had given up four points at the under 16 timeout, and they didn't give up another field goal again. Uh, until you know, after the uh, under four timeout to to end the half, uh, you know, gave up one free throw each during those middle three segments. There, part of that was just a ton of fouls and things like that. But it, I think the defensive effort, in some ways, was just potentially even more impressive, just because some of the bench guys had to come in, as we talked about. You know, Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, in foul trouble. Uh, Rob Finnessy, who you know, viewed as one of the the best defenders on the team, was not available for the game tonight. Uh, even TJD and race sat during uh, for a pretty long stretch during that segment, as I thought Woodson just let, uh, that, that lineup play that was doing well together. Uh, so, so Jeff, you know, what were some things that you really noticed IU doing well, uh, during that stretch when they were playing stifling defense? Well, I thought about this the other day and I, and actually after the last game and we and my son and I had been at the uh, Northern Illinois game as well. So last couple of games, I've really been more impressed with TJD and how he's become really a rim protector. And but I really noticed it tonight that excuse me, I really noticed tonight the whole team philosophy seems to be they're going to challenge you at the rim. And I thought I agree with you, Andy. I thought uh, Louisiana missed maybe some shots that normally might go, but I thought some of their misses were because we challenged a lot of their shots at the rim. Now that gets you some fouls, and that and that can be a little bit of a concern. But for the most part, especially TJ Deke, at least until tonight, had been able to challenge shots and not really pick up a lot of fouls. But I really like that, and I think because of that, the other thing I'm really starting to see is there's a little. They're playing. I'm not trying to bring it. I won't say it. They, they just apply more pressure on the outside. And when you know you've got somebody to protect your backside, you are going to be a little more aggressive. And I think that's why you see them pick up some steals. Hate to say the word deflections, but, you know, it, it's something that I think really makes a difference in the way they can guard on the right wing. And then you also combine that with the types of guys that Coach Woodson has brought in, especially off the portal or in the guys you look at he's recruiting, where they can switch three and four spots. So I just think defensively there's a hand, there's a number of things there. Now at times 
they get a little lazy. I thought in the second half they got a little bit lazy, a little bit complacent with that big lead, and it wasn't quite as intense. It wasn't as bad as against St. John's, but they were they they were standing a little more upright. That was the one thing I kind of noticed in the second half. The defense got a little more upright, and they got beat a little bit more off the dribble even than they did the first half. But overall, for me, it's just the way they defend. Now, I would have liked to have seen them re- – I, I agree with Kathy. One of the things that Coach Andranya had in his scouting report in the community was – rebounding rebounding because i really felt like if you could have defensive rebound you could have got out and run and pushed tempo and gotten a lot of stuff in transition and we struggled to do that tonight yeah it was um i i I agree with what you said one of the things i felt like after a while was that louisiana was either rushing shots when they got it inside or just even didn't look at the basket a couple times when they got offensive rebounds that they looked to kick it back out which I, i thought was a lot of what you said, whether it was TJD or race or Michael Durr or Geronimo in there really challenging shots. I thought, um, I thought that really threw them off a little bit. Um, I mean, Louisiana projected to be one of the better teams in the Sun Belt, uh, and, and certainly had an off shooting night. You hold anybody to four of 34 in the first half. That's, um, not not completely on your defense, uh, but it's, it's certainly not luck either, uh, that you, had, you saw a team shoot that poorly. Um, Kathy, I'll, I'll go to you on the, I guess one of the other, you know, big things, and this was one that you mentioned a lot. So probably makes sense to, uh, to go to you first, you know, the bench, uh, Christian Lander, big opportunity for him, uh, with fantasy out with having played well, uh, in that St. John's game in that key stretch, and then really being called upon early in the first half of this one, Xavier Johnson picks up a, a double, one foul and a double technical that was, um, kind of silly, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. I don't mean silly from a call perspective. You know, he's trying to uh, exaggerate contact that a guy's pushing him as they're setting up for an inbounds play, gets into it with the guy. They both get technicals. Uh, and then the play after that, plays defense with his hands, gets a second foul, and then sits the rest of the half. So there's really no uh, no safety net at that point for Lander to be able to come in. Uh, and, and I thought he uh, – he, he he did some things well. He struggled as well, uh, like like so many guys turn the ball over a lot. But in the first half, he played 13 minutes, uh, was plus 13 overall, had three rebounds, four assists, did have three turnovers, had a couple steals, and scored six points. Uh, and so I thought he he stepped in and played well. And you got other comment, contributions for guys off the bench. Scoop had another solid game, ended up scoring in double figures again, Only one of only three guys in double figures, even though everybody who played scored. Uh, Geronimo ended up being one of seven, nearly had a number of uh, posterizing dunks that maybe if he doesn't try to make some incredible play, maybe a couple more of them go in, I don't know. Uh, but I thought he was, he was active in the second half. So just a lot of good contributions really headlined, uh, I felt, by, by Lander, who has, uh, you know, been – a, a, a lightning rod in some ways for IU fans, just in terms of whether they think he should be playing more, uh, whether he hasn't earned the playing time, all those, all those kinds of things, but a, a really good building block for him. I thought, so uh, feel free to jump in with your thoughts on him or anybody else in the bench that really stood out to you since yeah. I, I know that was one of your key takeaways. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So Lander had the the four turnovers for sure, but he had six, six assists, right? So a lot of assists all around, um, but six between him and, and between X. So if you compare the two, if we look strictly at, at, at the stat lines, right, um, Xavier ended up with 2.9 for for Christian Lander. We had three rebounds for Johnson versus six for Lander. The assists were tied six and six, four turnovers for each of them. Um, so if you look strictly at the stat line, it felt like Lander outplayed him. Um, I think where Lander's probably struggling still and is going to struggle until he can add um, 
some weight, <laughs> um, some uh, size is in his defensive play. There were a number of times I still thought he kind of um, got pinballed around, if you will. So he got down low and was got beat off of off the drive and um, was was struggling there a bit at times. But I think overall um, he really did have a good good game. I, I enjoyed watching Lander play tonight. Um, Geronimo, I think you get some of those dunks to go down. I think Lander's assists actually go up because a number of those passes came from him. The other thing I really enjoyed watching was the chemistry between Lander and Scoop Bates. Um, there were some back-to-back plays where you had either Lander throwing it to to Scoop in for um, for for some shots or vice versa. So it was around 10:49 or so in the first half and. Uh, Tamar Bates got it into Lander right underneath on a fast break and Lander made it and then followed up with Lander passing a baseline out to scoop for um, a field goal out there. So, I, and I saw that a number of times between the two of them. So if I'm looking at my bench and we're talking about bench right now, I really liked watching those two play together. I thought they really had good chemistry and they, they saw the floor well and saw each other well. So I, I, I like to see that and to see how it, it grows, especially since they're I guess technically the same class, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was, like it was funny. They mentioned that they mentioned it a couple of times on the broadcast. They're like, you know, both freshmen. And I was like, I guess technically that's true. And really technically what, what Lander ought to be. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit weird for them to be described that way, but, um, but definitely positive things. I, I, I agree. I thought those two were, you know, that lineup was kind of, weren't really sure what you'd get out of it, but those were the, pieces that really worked well together uh in the backcourt uh jeff uh, other thoughts on on guys that came off the bench uh tonight and, and contributed whether that be lander bates or uh, or anybody else well i i really was going to kind of jump in there kind of and kathy's last comment kind of really took where i was wanting to go was i really enjoyed watching lander and bates play together the two of them seem to have a little bit of chemistry i hate to say a lot of chemistry because we just haven't seen enough of it. but in the stretch they had tonight it looked like they knew what each other was going to do like they'd played or at least maybe in, in the gym or in practice, you could tell maybe they've been on the second team a little bit and they've got, they've developed a little bit of rapport. They knew they seemed to know where each other was going to be. And I really thought Kathy was right. I thought it was really important in a game like tonight where we could jump out to a big lead and three of those guys off the bench, I believe played 20 plus minutes, Bates and Lander and Geronimo played 20. That's all going to be helpful. And, and and one thing we didn't mention is we were down Rob tonight. And, and I know a lot of the fan base knows that, but we were down a scholarship player tonight and <laughs> excuse me. And, um, and so somebody who'd been in the rotation. So I, somebody had to step in. And then also Galloway. So somebody had to step in and take up the minutes for two people. And I thought they did a great job of that tonight. And the one thing I'll point out about Lander I really like is he will at least get downhill. I mean, he and X have that ability to turn a corner and get downhill and make the offense be a little more movement to it rather than playing side to side. It, yeah, the other the other big storyline before, uh, before we take a, a quick break here, I'm going to, I'm going to say the shooting, but I'm going to lead with Parker Stewart in that uh, he's the leading scorer for IU tonight, ended up six to seven from the floor, four or five from three with the one miss I mentioned earlier, uh, rimmed out 16 points for him, you know, got in a little bit of foul trouble in the first half uh, and, and, but really did the exact things that you, that I use looking for him to do made spot up threes, made a couple elbow jumpers on back-to-back possessions in the first half to help IU get off to a good offensive start and then took and made open threes. And, you know, again, to kind of go back to what I I talked about in the opening, 
I mean, if if you can get if you can get that kind of consistent shooting and contribution from him, from uh, cop, you know, cop made a three in that run. Um, that that really unlocks some things for this team that we hadn't seen yet. Uh, he basically doubled, I think, doubled his point total coming into the season in this game. Really shot it well. I think we've all remarked that there that his shot form is great. Everything you look like it's going to go in, and that was pretty much what happened tonight. But uh, you know, overall shooting was was really solid for. Uh, for IU, they they ended up shooting 53%, uh, almost 54% in total. And like I said, in the opening, uh, nearly 53% from three and 77% from the line. So really good shooting performance led by uh, Parker Stewart. Um, you know, Kathy, did you see anything different from him tonight in the way that they got him involved or, or anything that may have led to his success? Or was it just getting a few more shot opportunities early, watching them both go in and everything got going downhill from there? Yeah, um, so for me, I think early on, two minutes in, I wrote down TJD, passed it out, good assist from TJD to, to Patrick Stewart for his first shot, and it fell in, right? Um, I think seeing that shot went in maybe from the beginning helped. It also felt, though, too, and to your point, Andy, they got more shots for him. There were, there were more open looks. They definitely were able to target him more. It, it seems like in some of the other early games um, – they just haven't been getting him the ball. So I, I think to me, it's a combination. I think it's seeing those first couple of shots go in, in addition to, um, to, to him getting, getting the ball a little bit more. Um, I wonder how much of it is competition. I don't know what Louisiana's previous defense was, but I do know um, from a block perspective, they seem to have been pretty good. I just don't know what their outside defense have been like. Do, do we have any stats on some of Louisiana's like previous outside shooting our defense against I, outside shooting i hadn't looked at a bunch of it i mean they're to, to me what struck me in the first half when iu struggled a little bit part of this led to the turnovers is they really extended the defense and, and got into people and they were and the way the game was being called to, to me that was the invitation for iu to really try to drive it a little bit because a, a lot of contact was was drawing fouls so I think sometimes when you get into those positions, you're you know maybe more apt to get beat. Then you guys, then you have to rotate and leave guys open. But I have not had a chance to, to look. I can try to hop in now, but it looks like they already uh, had, had. It looks like Ken Palm's already updated, so I don't know what it was coming into the game. But that was my overall impression. Of their defense is that they were ultra aggressive and, and extended things almost too far. But <laughs> so anyway, coach. Um, any, any, I didn't know what you saw maybe defensively that, that may have led to some of those opportunities for him. I, I just thought that he was a little more aggressive. I thought one of the things – I thought Kathy, I had that in my notes too, that she pointed out about the two minute, about two minutes in, the first three came from a kick out from TJD. But I really liked the one where he got into the lane. He got a little he, – he's not the quickest kid. He's not just going to blow by you, but he used a little bit of his, bas his basketball IQ, was able to get a step. The defender was a little behind, and he kind of gave a little stop, a little, little head fake, got the defender out of position, and then hit that 15-footer. And I think that was – from what we've been hearing, Andy, and I don't know how much you'd seen of it, but coming out of the Bahamas, that was kind of the game that I think we've been waiting to see, that little drive about two dribbles in, pull up for the 15-footer. And I think that opens up his three because if you know as a defender that he can get to that spot, you can't get up in his grill. And I think maybe in those first couple games, he kind of settled for being out on the arc, whereas tonight I think he was just a little bit more aggressive rather than um, – 
rather than anything Louisiana did a whole lot differently than other teams did. But I also think I thought really tonight, yeah, turnovers were an issue, but I thought there were some really good moments where we got the ball and moved it from side to side or from the post to the backside for a jump shot. And that's where I think Parker is going to really thrive in this, in this system is when you can get him on the backside, when somebody comes to double a TJD or a race. All right. Well, that is going to do it for segment one. We'll take a, uh, a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll hit the meaningful moments that you might have missed and take a deep dive into the stats to uh, see what we can make of those. So stick with us here on the assembly call. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All right, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos, and we are breaking down Indiana's 76-44 to victory over Louisiana. And now it is time for – got to dust my uh, my postgame show sounds off here. We're ready to hit the – Meaningful moments that you might have missed. All right, well, as we look at meaningful moments from – tonight's game uh there were some some early ones i guess i tend to to go back to some of these ones in the first half where uh where maybe uh you just forget just because time passes but um there was a a a play really early on race goes one on three to end up winning a jump ball that you know possession arrow at that point went to uh you know went to louisiana but i you know i you then got the next one but i think he really set the tone and race just did race things. I know I got a text from coach early in the game that he was just impacting the game in so many different ways. Ended up with eight points, eight rebounds, uh, three, uh, two assists, uh, a steal and a block. Just, just another really, really solid performance, um, for, uh, for race. So, um, I thought he really set the tone that set the tone defensively. Um, so that was one that really stood out to, uh, to me. So I guess, uh, Kathy, I'll go to you first thoughts on, yeah, not necessarily that play, but just race's overall performance and what he yeah. continues to mean to this team. Yeah, I, I loved race's play tonight. Um, I thought again, he he had great hustle, uh, just like we we've seen. So um, 
didn't play as much, but none of the starters did. So that was fine. Um, I think uh, the eight points seemed like a quiet eight points, but his eight rebounds in particular stuck out to me. So I, I think that's where if you're going to look at stat sheets and try to equate it to, to hustle, you can look at those rebounds and, and look at it. Um, um, I was surprised he only had two assists according to the stat sheet. I thought he had a little more than that, or at least it felt like that to me. But again, I think um, for me, with race, I really want to see him try to stay out of um, foul trouble. I, that seemed like, again, he kind of got himself in into that early on, which a number of our starters did. But overall, I loved race. I like, I've like i loved him for a long time. And so he just continued to build that uh, <laughs> love of race for myself. But yeah, those are I, I totally agree with everything you said. So I, I didn't have any specific um, other meaningful moments, Andy, than what you've already mentioned uh, around race specifically. I have gotcha. other ones, but not that one. <laughs> gotcha. Jeff, any uh, g- give us a meaningful moment that you had uh, you had jotted down. I know, Kathy, you said you got a couple. So I'll swing it back to you here in a minute. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I think to a certain degree you kind of stole mine a little bit, Andy, with the, with your banner moment. To me, it was still that stretch there in the second half. We went three, got a you know, possession three, got another possession three. And I, that, to me, I, if this team can come close, and I think I know Jared's talked on this on the Thursday night show on AC Radio, and he's talked about it in some of the postgame. We shot 19 threes tonight. Yeah, 19 threes. If we shoot 19 to 25 threes and can hit – 38, 37% or better, this team's got a high ceiling. And I I really thought to me that was kind of the most fun moment of it. But I, I'll go back to a little bit on 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 um I'm gonna go back to Lander a little bit. I, I just we've kind of been waiting for the kid and 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 I just really liked watching him play tonight. You felt like his confidence was starting to grow a little bit tonight. And and again, and to him and Bates together, I'm mean, Scoop's a baller. That was something I was having a text with one of my friends, and just we were just talking about how much as he gets more comfortable. Tamar Bates, Scoop Bates is going to be an absolute joy to watch, and he's going to be a guy that's going to provide a lot of minutes and a lot of production. Yeah, I, I, I he just continues to and and listening to him even on the uh, on the on the inside scoop with Jared, just the way he talks about his game and what he needs to improve upon, um, just seems to have such a great attitude, and you'd you'd see that. As you go back, um, so Kathy, I know you said you had a couple moments. Uh, what, which, which yeah. things did you uh, did you note? Yeah, so the first one I wanted to talk about was again continuing on with our bench play. So minute and twelve left in the first half, so we're we're up by quite a bit at that point, right? I think they had scored like seven points still, but uh, underneath the under four timeout, which you've kind of mentioned already, but you had. Uh, Tamar got into the lane, had that crazy shot that somehow went in. And then Geronimo sprints down the floor, has the steal, pops it out to Lander. Lander goes down and finishes the, the fast break there with two defenders around him. I just thought that was a really great moment for our, our bench. I loved, loved seeing that from all three of those guys. Um, the other one, again, sticking with the Lander theme that we seem to have going tonight, I, I noticed at a minute and two left in the entire game, um, Leo gets shoved to the floor. Um, I, th- I think he was fouled, but I, right before the camera cut away, you could see Lander going over and sprinting to help him, help him get up. And I, I just loved seeing that from, from Lander. There's a minute and two left in the game and he's not stopped. Um, even if it is just sprinting over to help a, fr- to, to help a teammate up off the floor, which I think 
shows a lot for the team chemistry as well. So that was a meaningful moment to me that wasn't part of the game action, but really highlighted to me what I think Lander's bringing to us as, as a team is that he's really trying to go out and hustle and he's really being a great teammate all around. So those are two things that I really enjoyed seeing tonight. Yeah, I thought with him there was a, a play where he dove on the floor and just really he's gonna he continues to have struggles defensively, but I don't it doesn't strike me as being effort related. It's just he's just learning. Um, but I think from an effort standpoint, playing extended minutes for one of the first times in his his time at IU, um, I thought he was able to maintain that effort during during the time he was on the floor. And then uh, you know, and, and Jeff, I thought one of the stretches, you know, that stretch of threes that we mentioned. I think it was Miller Cop. It could have been somebody else who passed up an open shot to give the give Stewart the the one that ended up missing. Um, I think that speaks to pretty good chemistry between the team. You had a guy who could have taken a shot that was a perfectly fine shot. Nobody would have batted an eye if he took it, but saw that Stewart was hot, recognized that, tried to kick it over to him. Uh, I thought that was important. And and another Lander one. You know, he went one on two for a, a layup there toward the end of the half. Um, it just felt like a play he would not have had the confidence to make a year ago, but kind of settled himself in and went at somebody and was able to score. Uh, so I thought, you know, good, good moments from him uh, for sure. A- any other, uh, any other moments that you, uh, you guys noted uh, that we want to hit here? Yeah. I'll just step in here. I, to me, one that was in the second half is, uh, and again, you never know with the way injuries can go in a thing in the season, but the children's kid comes in off the bench, walk on kid drains a three, you know, I, you always want to have depth and the more depth you can have and, and, a, and a chance like that, I know people are going to say, well, walk on and just getting some, you know, some, some minutes in the game, but man, we were, you know, we were down two scholarship guys tonight right? you know, and one who was out on an, for another. So really we're down three scholarship guys tonight. So you never know. And, and Childress hitting, you know, showed he could come in and hit shots. And to me, I just kind of go with that whole theme, Andy is just hitting shots. I mean, we shot, we're used to maybe making our shots inside, and, and shot 53%, 54% for the game. But like I said, it's it was so much fun to watch guys hit open threes tonight. They weren't always challenged. They they hit shots that were open where they had their feet set. And that just was a lot of fun. And I hope I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that's going to be the team we see going forward. But um, the other thing I'll point out here too, meaningful, I think, Miller Cop led the team in minutes tonight. He had 30 minutes, uh, and I kind of noticed that middle, about middle of the second half, when some of the other starters had been taken out, he was kind of the guy, the older veteran guy that that Woodson left at Coach Woodson left out there on the floor with that younger group. I thought that was an interesting five they had, kind of for the large part of that second half. Yeah, I would agree with that. I noticed that too with Miller Cop being the sole starter that was playing with a lot of the bench. And that was multiple combinations of the bench too. It wasn't like he was only there with certain guys. He played there with multiple combinations. So it was a quiet night for Miller in terms of whatever we want to see from him stat wise, right? Seven points. Um, but he did have seven rebounds and, but yeah, seven rebounds. 30, 30 minutes. So I, I, I liked um, what I saw from Miller. Um, it was a quiet night in terms of scoring, but everything else he did on the floor, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I thought during that stretch when he was with those younger guys, he made a point the one time you could pick up a little bit of audio on the broadcast where he was really being the guy leading them, getting them together, uh, and and you know trying to talk to guys about what to run. They had a a little bit of a frantic possession before that, and I think you could kind of hear him say, "Next time, let's run whatever," and you couldn't hear uh, what he said after that, but was really trying to calm guys down and, and do that, which I thought was uh, 
was key in that stretch. So, all right, let's uh, let's transition. Look at some of the stats from the game. Uh, you know, you know, one of them. Uh, this is a stat from the show more than anything. You know, we're almost thirty five minutes in, and we really haven't mentioned TJD yet. Uh, and and as uh, as coach mentioned before we went on. It would be good to have Ryan on because it was a game that TJD only ended up playing 19 minutes after the discussions of last week. Although I did or earlier in the week, although I did agree with Ryan, so I really can't, I really can't give him too much of a hard time about it. But um, you know, I think that speaks a little bit just to the to the balance and 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 guys playing. You know, Cop was the only guy to play over 24 minutes, and with those 30, uh, he was a plus 34 for the game for Miller Cop. Um, but TJD did have 11 and seven, uh, had a couple blocks, two assists. Did pick up th- uh, three fouls, had a couple in, in fairly quick succession in the first half, but uh, a solid game. But uh, this was one where a lot of other guys were able to shine. Uh, so we can we can talk through him in a second. But I think this is probably the best place to hit some of the, the, the two negative points of the night, uh, if there are, in fact, negative points to be had from a 32-point win. Uh, one of those was the uh, offensive rebounding, which we've talked about. IU gives up, uh, I believe, 20... Uh, 20 offensive rebounds, 21 offensive rebounds in total, uh, only led to 11 second chance points, uh, but but did struggle in that area at times, even when the game was in doubt, I guess, depending upon what you want to say with that. And then 27 turnovers, those got inflated a little at the end, but not a lot. I mean, those were really a constant issue as you went through. You had, you know, Johnson with four, Lander with four, Geronimo with five, Scoop had three. Really struggled to take care of the basketball. A little bit of that was the defense, but I thought it just got loose with it at times. So those, to me, in terms of negatives, that was it. Um, so I guess we talked a little bit about the rebounding, but uh, but but Coach Marlowe, you know, thoughts on the turnovers? How much do you think that's a function of the defense? How much is that a function of at some point IU getting a really big lead and maybe being a little bit casual with it? Um, I guess I guess how much does that worry you in a game like this, given the overall script of how the game played out? It, the part about being a little casual worries me a little bit because we've kind of seen parts of that in previous games. Um, yeah, and Louisiana did put, they were they were a little bit aggressive and especially physical down you know inside a little bit. And I thought maybe that got us, but. I was, I'm more concerned just with the turnovers. I just thought at times we were just flat out sloppy tonight. And it wasn't just the end of the game. There were periods of time when we just were sloppy with the ball and that's gotta be, be, you know, that's kind of got to get rectified. And and I, we were joking off, off before we came on that, you know, in my day, that would have been a lot of bleacher laps that would have been run up and down some bleachers in my high school gym. If we'd played that, you know, turned over that many times, I can't imagine they're going to run the steps at assembly hall like that anymore, but you know, they're, I'm sure that's going to be a focus on film tomorrow. The other one I, I thought Andy was the 21 rebounds. Yeah. We got away with it tonight. But when we play Syracuse in a couple of weeks with their size up front, we can't give up 15, 16 offensive rebounds and expect to walk out of there with that in that type of game with a win. So the rebounding has that that has to get cleaned up. I thought there were times tonight we had good screen outs. We didn't go get the ball. We we kind of stood around and waited for somebody to go get it instead of being the one who went and got it, and then they ended up getting the rebound. So some things to clean up on the film, but that's okay. In game four of Coach Woodson's first year, it's okay to have some things to clean up. So, Kathy, of those two uh, warts from the game tonight, wh- which one of those concerns you more going forward that, that you think maybe is a, a trend as opposed to just a, a function of the game? 
Oh, you're going to make me pick one, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, nobody wants um, nobody wants both to continue, but if you had to pick one to uh, <laughs> to really shut down, what, what would you say? All right. Um, to be honest, I think I'm going to go with offensive rebounding. I, I have some hope for the turnovers just because in our first game, we actually had really low amount of turnovers. And so I know this team has it within them. Again, could be the competition. I understand all of that. Uh, I have not seen a strong defensive rebounding effort from this team, though, in any of our first games. So to me, that's one that has been consistent from game one all the way through the, through this game. So for me, if I'm going to pick one, it's definitely going to be the the lack of defensive rebounding or um, however many offensive rebounding the other team is getting, however we want to say it. But that, that's me. I'm going to pick that one. But I'll put it here real quick, Andy. We sure. actually won the rebounding battle tonight. For as hard as that may be to believe, forty-seven to thirty-seven. So I know it was bad, but I agree. We but we did get some defensive rebounds. We 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 actually got thirty-seven defensive rebounds. We just weren't getting as right. as many as Kathy and I would like. But we had a lot of opportunity, right? I mean, they did not shoot well. So we we had a lot of opportunities for for us to be able to get in, just to be the second chance. We don't have. We I know we get second chance points. I don't know how many second chance opportunities they had that they still missed. So I, I agree. We definitely won the rebounding game. If you look at it from a numbers perspective, I, I just don't think um, they should have had <laughs> twenty one offensive rebounds. Uh, th- that to me is too high. And, and again, like I said, I, I felt like I've seen this in previous games as well. So that's why it's concerning to me. Yeah, it's it's one of those. This is a potential downside. Either one of these stats is a potential downside of playing the schedule that I used played outside of St. John's. Is you can get away with things in some of these games that you're not going to be able to get away with in others. And it's easy to say that maybe they fix these issues when the competition ratchets up, and maybe that's true. Uh, And and maybe some of it is a function of game flow. Uh, Certainly, the rebounding at times was a function of the terrible shooting of Louisiana and just the way the ball was coming off because the shots were so wild uh, in some cases. But it, you, you you do worry a little bit about some of that stuff. Is that, Do you get a false sense of security that, that you can do some of these things in a game that matters and, and still be able to come back from it? But uh, it, it, it is a little bit of a function of that. So I don't know. I'm not, I guess, crazy, um, crazy worried about it. But um, I think the turnovers are perhaps the more concerning to me um, just because I think the shooting performance that you saw tonight, I'm not sure how replicable that's going to be. And I think that did contribute, that probably contributed more to the rebounding numbers than the, uh, than, than other things did to the turnovers, at least in my opinion. But uh, before we go further inside the numbers, I want to remind everybody, this segment is sponsored by the power rank where our friend Ed uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball predictions. Also writes an incredible March Madness guide every year, which will have a special offer for you on once March rolls around. So for now, if you want any sports betting advice with a PhD edge, or if you just like understanding sports at a more analytical level, you should subscribe to Ed's free newsletter. So you can do that by going to thepowerrank.com slash AC to subscribe. Again, that's thepowerrank.com slash AC. Uh, all right, so digging back into the uh, to the numbers here, I'll throw this to uh, you. I'll throw this to you first, Kathy. Any other numbers really jump out at you as you uh, go down the stat sheet, either individual or uh, or team related? Yeah, um, I think transitioning. I think we we beat the the negative numbers pretty bad. Um, positive, right? We shot fifty four percent, which is fantastic, including 
53% from three. And Jeff already mentioned we took 19 threes. So it's not just a matter of what we made 53%, but we actually took quite a few, which was happy for me to see on both fronts. And then, of course, the assists. I don't know if we've talked about it a whole lot, but I think 22 assists as uh, for the team is just a fantastic number. And it's hopeful to me as well that six of them and six of them came from both Xavier and from Christian Lander. So 12 of our 22 coming from our point guards, the way we wanted to be, I think. Um, that's how I feel anyway. So I like seeing those. Those are really fantastic. Otherwise, all the other positive individual ones, I believe we've, we've kind of touched on quite a bit with the, the, the turnovers between our guards as well. And um, all of the assists, the, the blocks were pretty good. We started off really strong with the blocks, by the way, which is interesting stat. To me, I think I read we were tied coming into this game with Louisiana for something around five or six blocks a game. Um, for 17th in the country and we ended up with eight but five of those came very quickly I think there was like something within the five first five or six minutes or so so we kind of tapered off but I think coach Marlowe mentioned that we we did seem to swarm around the ball a lot on defense so I love seeing the blocks I, I don't remember us in recent past having that many blocks as a team so those are a lot of the things that stuck out to me that I I enjoyed seeing for sure coach Marlowe what about you well, I, I'll just go right to the free throw number, 10 for 13, uh, 77%. And for a team that – and for a fan base that it seems like lives or sometimes often dies with the way this team shoots free throws or this program shoots free throws, you know, we got to give them credit tonight. You know, the other night they struggled and we, we kind of hit hammered them in the chat and 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 the, I think you guys brought it up on the, the postgame show as well. But we got to give them credit tonight, 10 out of 13. And so let's give a positive there. And then also the other number I'm going to point out here as well is I think at the beginning of the season, we talked about stocks for race. Well, he had one steal and one block tonight. So his his stocks continue to increase. And um, I just really, you know, those are the kinds of things that I like to see. I like steals. I was an aggressive type my philosophy was more aggressive and I really like watching this group. And so when I see us having five steals, yeah, I'd like for it to be a few more, but I also understand that, you know, the college game's a little harder, you know, to get some steals, but uh, I'm with Kathy too. 22 assists on 28 makes is a pretty really good number. Yeah. That, that's what really stood out to me was the assist. I mean, the turnover number was not good. Uh, we, we, we discussed that already, but yeah, you know, 22 assists on 28 made baskets is something that you don't see too often. And I think the other the other thing that I would call out is just contributions from every guy who went out there. So we talked about all 11 guys who played scored. Uh, nine of the 11 grabbed at least one rebound. Eight of the 11 had at least one assist. Uh, so I think just a really solid game, and that's without two rotation guys. So you're, you're getting a little bit further down the bench. Um, also didn't mention this, Logan Duncan suspended – I believe for three games, so he wasn't available tonight and didn't play. Um, but but overall, just a, a good team effort. And then again, you look down those minutes numbers. You had most everybody between 16 and 24 minutes with uh, with Miller Cop, the only exception on the high side of that. And then Childress had just five minutes, Leal, uh just seven on the on the low side. But you know that, that's why I scheduled these games is so you can get uh, a number of guys opportunities uh, in in these situations rest some of your your starters and uh, I think you should have more of that on Tuesday against Jackson State 
as you uh, as you get into that game. So just a, a really solid performance all around. We I think we've hit most of the uh, the big numbers. You know, Lander again. I think we we've touched on him. Ended up with nine point six rebounds, six assists. Did have the four turnovers, had a couple steals, but uh, the 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 best stat sheet stuffing that he has done during his time at, at IU for sure. And just overall, we we focused a lot defensively on that one stretch uh, in the game. But overall, for uh, for the entire game, Louisiana fourteen of seventy three from the floor for nineteen point two percent. They were two of ten or two of twenty from three point range, one of ten in each half. Uh, and the uh, somebody pointed out in the chat the free throw defense was uh, was even good as well, fifty eight point three percent from the line for Louisiana. So outside of that, uh, I don't think too much to hit. Oh, twenty five fouls on IU. I mean, can we get a game where the officiating doesn't just uh, doesn't just totally grind the game to a halt uh, as as you go through it? It just it became really hard to tell what was a foul and what wasn't, and trying to clean up certain contact but it was uh yeah 25 fouls from IU I don't know uh, that that seemed wildly unnecessary in a game that wasn't close but maybe that's just me uh, maybe that's just me wanting to get the show started I don't know well and you know me Andy I'm a coach I was not you know the officials got a tough job but I there was never very happy with them most of the time anyway but I, I I would like to see them let the flow go a little bit I understand that you have a tough job but there's just there was right now the game I was at last week against Northern Illinois to a certain degree the St. John's game and even tonight especially the flow's getting disrupted and I know it's a non-conference game but I still think one of the biggest things the Big Ten basketball has an issue with is the flow of the game isn't very good at times it's just too many fouls too many trips to the line and then I think that comes back to hurt a little bit come tournament time when we, you know, when the game gets a little more, you know, they let more go and the game is more flow. And so I, I, I agree 25 turnover, or excuse me, 25 personal fouls on us, 17 on them. So that's 42 fouls. You know, that's over a foul a minute on, you know, when you combine the two teams. Got to give the people what they want. You know, you just need to uh, do that. So, all right, well, we're going to take another, quick break here in a second if i can find the right uh, the right sound to play and when we come back we will hand out our game balls and uh the hoosier hustle award and then we'll uh introduce or i guess continue a new segment before looking ahead to indiana's next opponent that's all next here on the assembly call stick with us The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Nick Zeisloft. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. And welcome back. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have already subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. Again, that's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos, and we are breaking down Indiana's 76-44 to victory over Louisiana. And now it's time for our game balls. So, uh, Kathy, ladies first, who gets your game ball? Yeah, I'm going to go with Christian Lander on this. Um, I know Christian has been our young Christian, as Coach likes to call him. So we have what, young Christian and big Mike. But young Christian tonight <laughs> has been a polarizing figure um, for a lot of the fan base. And I will fully admit I've been squarely on the wait and see camp for sure. Uh, I didn't watch him in in high school. Um, I don't care about how many stars you have coming out. I haven't seen anything on the floor that has been impressive to me overall, other than tiny glimpses until tonight. I thought he was actually calming for us, which has been unusual. Xavier went out with his two fouls and obviously Rob's hurt. So he couldn't come in and Lander had big shoes to fill and he had to come in and do it. He came in at that 1231 mark. And I thought he did a fantastic job of what was being called on him to do. I was, I was really impressed with him. So overall, just like the rest of the team needs to clean up the, the turnovers, um, there's some sloppy pay. I think he, like we mentioned, I think I mentioned it as well. I think he would have actually ended up with more than the six assists that he ended up having if Geronimo could have just had a couple of those um, dunks go down that he somehow missed. But overall, I really enjoyed seeing Lander Lander play. So for me, he gets my game ball. All right, Coach, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Parker Stewart. You know, for the first game where he came out and really showed what we've been waiting for him to do, 16 points. Um and and four or five from three. So I'm going my my game ball goes to Parker Stewart because I think that's going to be the first of many games we see him do that for. Us. As always, I guess put me in a position to have to break the tie, um, or I could pick somebody else and throw it to the chat mob, but I won't do that. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Parker Stewart as well, uh, perhaps because I'll mention Lander here in a, in a second for something else. But uh, I, I just thought. A, a really important game for him from a confidence perspective. Thought he was shooting the ball well, just wasn't making shots uh, early on. But I think if IU wants to get close to what the ceiling of this team can be, they need him to be a guy who's able to make open shots. Uh, the first three that I think he made was on a kick out from TJD in the post. Like Those are shots that he's made. Those are shots that he made in the scrimmage against Belmont. I think those are shots in the that he made at least a couple times early. Uh, in games and then being able to put the ball on the floor a little bit get to the elbow make a couple jumpers there just thought it was a really strong game for for Parker so I'll give it to him there's uh not not too many um not not too many times that TJD won't probably get mentioned here and like I said it was like I said before it wasn't that he had a bad game uh just didn't play a ton uh for for good reason not because he did anything wrong but uh 
we'll, I'll, I'll take the chance to give it to somebody else when we can because we uh, will probably end up giving it to Trace more often than not as we have so far this season. So uh, Parker Stewart wins the uh, wins the game ball for tonight. Uh, so then we go to the uh, Real Hustle Award, and for that, uh, it is brought to you by our sponsor by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney and hopefully future legend and tonight uh, tonight's uh, Kathy Amos game ball winner Christian Lander, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. Again, that's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. So, all right, Coach, I'll uh, I'll go to you first with this one for your uh, Who's Your Hustle Award. Well, I'm going to take Kathy's choice for the game ball here. I'm going to go with Christian Lander with those nine points and six rebounds and six assists. And I, and I really just thought Christian really played well tonight. And, and I, I thought he's, you know, last game, game and a half here now, I really feel like he's starting to – show something and and maybe that's just hope more than than actually seeing it but i've always been a kind of a fan of the kid ever since i saw him in high school and and i just really want to see him kind of succeed at iu and i really think he can thrive in this system but i'm gonna go christian lander for the hustle award tonight all right kathy what about you who gets yours i think we've established that you can't go back to the well and give it to lander since he got your other one. i think i feel like that came up on a i feel like that came up on another show so i'll uh I, I, I just to just to remind everyone that's that's not an option for you. So who who that's gets yours? Rule. Well, I you know I'll, I'll adhere to the rules. That's fine. That's no problem for me because um, I'm still sticking with Lander for my game ball. And right, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was debating on my real hustle between um, Stewart and actually Tamar Bates. I really enjoyed the play I saw out of Tamar Bates, especially with Christian Lander on the floor together, the two of them. Uh, I love seeing Stewart break out and finally hitting some shot for us, but uh, I'll take a stand here and I'm going to go with Tamar Bates. I, I just, I love Tamar Bates. I'm a big fan of him right now. And I really enjoyed seeing, seeing him on the floor tonight. I thought uh, the only downside for him was, um, the, the fouls. He had ended up with four fouls, but he had three assists. He had a couple of rebounds. He ended up with 10 points. I think you mentioned it earlier, Andy. We only had three guys that ended up in double figures. He was a plus 13 when he was on the floor, played 24 minutes, which was fantastic. Uh, so overall, I enjoyed Smart Bates. And for me, I'm going to give him my real hustle for All right. A worthy choice there. I'm going to go with Christian Lander. Uh, I, I thought arguably his best game uh, as a Hoosier, uh, maybe not arguably, although he the, the minutes against St. John's are pretty big, but just a really solid all-around game, and I think that's a lot of times what we focus on when we give out the Hustle Award. Um, maybe that's why Race wins it so much, because he ends up being a guy who does a lot of different things, but I thought that that, that Lander was uh, was that guy tonight, being able to contribute, uh, step in and play big minutes with Xavier on the bench, and and ended up you know 9-6-6. Six, and six. I think it, you'd, you'd be real happy with that with your theoretically third string point guard any night. So, um, but I, I think a lot of guys, you know, in a game when so many guys scored and did that, there's a, a ton of opportunity for positive contributions for a number of different guys around, but, uh, Christian Lander wins that tonight. And, uh, that, that award stays, uh, in the, to a guy from the hometown of, uh, Evansville security services. So, uh, good for, uh, good for Christian and, and glad to see him build, on a good performance against St. John's with a, and stack that with another good performance tonight. I think that's going to be huge for his confidence, just given how he was, 
you know, didn't play a ton uh, at times last year, and even when he may have, you know, may have had a game that he played a little bit better, it seemed like the next game come back, not play a whole lot. Um, some of those things. So I think uh, really big for him to stack those games, and not clear at this point how long Rob Finnessy is going to be out. I would guess, um, given the opponent, at least on Tuesday, it would be another chance for them to sit Finnessy, give him a little bit of extra rest, get him through the holiday, and then kind of see how he is from there with the calf injury uh, that is there. But uh, with that. Uh, Go ahead. I think you do have to give honorable mention though to that Geronimo stare. Like, did did you guys catch that when he had been knocked to the floor and he just stared down that guy with he didn't move at all? And I'm so I'm gonna also give honorable mention for some kind of a word to Geronimo stare down. So I want to uh, throw that out there too. I like it. I think that even the broadcaster said something about staring into the guy's soul, which. I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then they showed the replay. I was like, yep, maybe that seems about right. So that was good. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll give the folks in the chat mob a chance to get in their lingering questions um, that we uh, started doing on the show last time. I'll, I'll talk very briefly about Jackson State, who is IU's opponent on Tuesday. Play at 7 o'clock. I think it's a 7 o'clock tip uh, for that one. Uh, Jackson State is 0-4 currently, like so many teams from the SWAC. They play exclusively road games in their non-conference season, so they're 0-4, all four games away from home. They did open at Illinois and lost by 24. That was one of the games that uh, Kofi Coburn set out. Lost by only two at Louisiana Tech, who's a a solid Conference USA team. And then today lost at Marshall uh, in a game that featured IU's next two opponents. Lost by 14 at Marshall, 80-66. to Their offensive numbers on Ken Palm are not good. Uh, 340th in adjusted offensive efficiency, so should be another chance for IU to really assert itself on the defensive end uh, in that one. But you know, a game that IU should win, probably the biggest thing is just looking past that with the holiday coming and um, and things like that. But uh, I think uh, a very winnable game at the beginning of the season, and nothing that has happened thus far suggests that that will uh, that that will not be the case. So. Um, that's your uh, that's your that's your uh, quick Jackson State preview. Um, trying to look through here for questions uh, as I do that. Any? Uh, hey, Andy. Yeah. Hey, can I? I'll, one I'll put in for an honorable mention real quick before we move on. And I probably sure. should have just done it after Kathy did. Was how about Anthony Leal? He only got seven minutes tonight, but he came in off the bench in the first half. He was active. He got a run out for a layup. He hit a three in the second half. So he's, you know, it, it, there are times when you're only getting seven, eight minutes. I'm sure it could be easy to be like, you know, oh, I'm only in for a couple minutes at a time. But he's coming in and he's bringing energy. So Coach Woodson's message, in my opinion, is really getting to the kids. You don't know how much time you're going to get, but you better make the most of your time on the floor. And I thought Anthony really kind of personified that a little bit tonight with only seven minutes. Yeah. So here's a here. I'll, I'll use this as the lingering question because this is a guy we didn't really talk too much about, other than kind of giving a little bit of context to why Lander played a little bit earlier and a little bit more. Um, Franciscan Fireworks. Will teams be able to get into Xavier Johnson's head during Big Ten play? Um, I think it's. <laughs> It's certainly an interesting question, and it felt like he really allowed that to happen tonight and ended up basically taking himself out of the game. Um, again, the you know the play gets a double technical on. He's really trying to exaggerate contact, as we've seen him do early on. And, you know, the guy takes exception to it, pushes him a little bit. He pushes him back. Like, he, he had kind of gotten into the other guy's head at that point, and then didn't just let it go and and retaliated and then like I said the, you know one of the next two plays he's just overly aggressive defensively with his hands and and 
and, and essentially takes himself out of the game in, in key moments. And and tonight, IU can survive that. In a Big Ten game, they may not be able to. And so I think just him being able to control his emotions was a question coming in with him, given the technicals that he'd had uh, you know, he'd had at Pitt. And he showed in the St. John's game just how important he was when he got himself in foul trouble, wasn't on the floor. The game really turned into a how much can you keep him on the floor because he was such a difference maker in that game, in a game they really did need him. Uh, I, there will certainly be big, big Ten teams who try. Uh, a matchup with Brad Davison and Xavier Johnson, um, I'm not really I'm not really sure what may happen in that scenario. Um, but, but Coach Marlock, I'll, I'll go to you first on this. I mean, what is – what's been your impression of Xavier through these first four games, you know, the good, the bad, the emotional, the, the, you know, some of those kinds of things that you, that you think lead you to answer that question one way or another, as you think ahead to big 10 play. Well, I think the one thing with me for Xavier is I like the chippiness. I like the fact that he has a little bit of an, I want my, I want them to be able to be on the floor and, and bring a little bit of attitude, but it has to be controlled. It has to be, you know, you got to know what it's, it's helping your team. And the one thing that uh, I kind of noticed tonight and we kind of talked, I saw some stuff in, in on Twitter about, and again, I'm not trying to get all my information from Twitter, but we talk about the officials as big 10 officials. These guys work a lot of conferences. They don't just work the big 10 anymore. They're working the ACC one night. They're working the SEC a night. They're working the big 10. So they've had some experience with Xavier. Some of them are going to give him a little longer leash, but some of them may want, may be kind of having an eye on him. So I think he's got to be able to restrain it. And I think that's one of the things Coach Woodson's really been trying to work with him on. But I like it. I, I like the attitude, but it can't get us a it can't get us a technical foul, and it can't you know it can't be a situation where what if that would have been like a second or third foul tonight? You know, because a technical adds in a personal foul for you. So. You can't. You just got to be able to know where the line is, and I think that's something that coach is going to keep working with him on. Kathy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I, I think Jeff hit it right on the head. Um, when I saw the replay of what happened, it's hard to blame Xavier for getting mad. I mean, the guy, other guy, to me, instigated it. But you have to have a cooler head to be able to walk away from that. And the the first few games here have shown to me, I feel like he is way more important to this team than I originally expected him to be. And we cannot have him having fouls like that in a close game, uh, especially if you know Rob is either hurt or maybe he doesn't have quite the game flow that maybe he didn't have in the St. John's game, for example. We have to have him be able to stay on the floor and not have the silly turnover or not turnovers, but technical fouls, right? We can. So I, I think he has to somehow learn to control himself and temper that. So yeah, I, I am a little concerned about that too. Um, and yes, I, I do think based on what I've seen, especially tonight, teams can potentially get into his head. So it's definitely a lingering question in my mind as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think even in addition to some of that stuff and really trying to sell contact and do things like that, that's certainly going to rub other players, fans, things like that, potentially the wrong way. I can live with a lot of that stuff. He's just got to take better care of the basketball. I mean, he had a couple bad turnovers early in the game and I think IU fans will be able to like I said be able to live with a little bit of that if some of the other aspects of his game improve um and I think you've kind of seen you know maybe the best and the worst of, of him over these last couple games where you know there there 
he was one of the most important players in that St. John's win. And, and when things, they really needed him, he stepped up and made some plays. And tonight just kind of let things get away from him. Uh, given the opponent, IU is able to overcome that. And so we'll uh, we'll see what happens with him going forward, particularly in the bigger games. I think that's really the one that's uh, going to be critical. Uh, all right. So as we move forward with the show, uh, just a reminder to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. And again, as I mentioned, uh, they're running a 20% off everything sale, no promo code needed, starting Black Friday, which is the 26th, through Cyber Monday, which is the 29th. So make sure you go to Homefield Apparel and uh, check out everything they have there, including some great IU gear. All right, it's time for last call. So, uh, Kathy, I'll go to you first. Final thoughts on IU's 76-44 to victory over Louisiana. Yep, so I I, I kind of have some in the game final thoughts, which was my lingering question around the game is the turnovers and the offensive rebounds. I, again, we've talked about that a lot, so I'm not going to go into it. From a, from a macro level, I'm starting to wonder about our non-conference schedule. I know we've talked a lot about it in the offseason and wonder if it was too soft. It's games like this that make me a little concerned. While I don't want our starters to have to go and play 30, 37, 35, 37 minutes, like some of the, the closer games, do we have enough balance in our schedule that we're going to be able to play our starters and some of our main rotation guys enough to know what our rotation is going to be? So I, I look at the upcoming schedule and I start to get a little concerned around that uh, and hope that while uh, the blowout games are fun, right? It's it's fun to win 76 to 44. We do need to have a little bit more um, close games to test us. And and the St. John's game was a good one. The, the Eastern um, was the Eastern Michigan. The first game shouldn't have been. Um, so I'm throwing that to the side. But uh, the St. John's game was definitely a good test. But do we have enough of those coming up that's going to prepare us for Big Ten? That's my last lingering question I think I have for us as a team, along with the turnovers and the the being able to offensive rebounding. Um, overall, though, I, I would say I loved what I saw from the team tonight. I thought there was a great opportunity to play different guys, exactly some of the things we want to do in these non-conference games, play different combinations of guys together, seeing some guys like Tamar Bates and Christian Lander get the opportunity to get a lot of run and get a lot of opportunities, I think, is a fantastic thing for the team as a whole, right? We're getting things on tape that we can go back and, and look at. And as I think Coach Tonsoni says, we always coach to perfection. We'll never get there, but let's coach to it. This is a, going to be a good opportunity for the team to start looking at those things. So overall, I'm pretty happy with what the team did tonight, but a little concerns going forward with a couple of those micro and macro questions for me. All right, Coach Marlowe, final thoughts on tonight's win. Yeah, I'll kind of talk to Kathy's macro question a little bit more about the schedule. I think this year I'm willing to give them a pass. I mean, you've got a new coach, new st- for, for the most part, a new staff, and, and a lot of new players. I think you'll see Coach Woodson increase that scheduling a, a little bit here in the next couple of years. He's already stated he wants to play the best. He wants to play in places that are going to get you know the kids you know some exposure, whether it's on the road at places or at a place like Madison Square Garden where he was talking about possibly lining up a game. But it, it is going to be a little bit of an issue when we go forward this year, and, and I'm sure that will be something we hear a lot about is we drop a couple tough games that we didn't prepare enough in the in the regular season. But I, I like our non-conference from the standpoint that at least our tough games in the Gavit, um, 
and the Big East Challenge and the ACC Challenge, we're going to get some decent, you know, some decent uh, play there. My big concern, and it, my it, my final point, I guess, is more. I just think it's another time for them to get stuff on film. There's things that have to be fixed. We talked about turnovers. We talked about the rebounding. There's some things even on the offensive end they've got to clean up. But I just think right now for this staff, they just need to get guy get kids on the you know on the floor and get on film, and then they can start correcting some of those things. I'm sure we're nowhere close to where they want to be, let alone where we want to be. But I, 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 to me, that's the biggest thing. You got another game of film to be able to work on and get kids better and, and show them what they're not doing correctly and get get that fixed. That's what I love about IU fans. Thirty-two point win that wasn't even that close was I think a forty-point lead uh, at one point, and we're we're focusing on what to uh, what what needs to be done differently. But I, I like it. I mean, I, I, it's not wrong. Um, also, and I think it, it takes a page out of the uh, Scoot Bates book. He always he's Anytime Jared's asking questions on the inside scoop about what he thinks he does well, he typically it somehow turns into a story about things that he didn't he doesn't feel like he's doing well enough. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot of uh, a lot of good points made there. Uh, you know, schedule wise, just to, to kind of talk in the in the macro, I think the challenge is going to be. I don't know that you know Syracuse. They just lost to Colgate by fourteen at home. Are, it's still going to be a tough road environment, but they probably aren't as good as what uh, maybe you thought. And that, again, that was a game they didn't schedule. I'm willing to kind of withhold judgment on the schedule, overall scheduling philosophy until uh, you can see what Woodson's able to do after year one, because I think this year was very intentionally set up the way that it is to be able to get to the NCAA tournament, get some wins and uh, things like that. I think Tonight's game, given the number of guys who were able to play, is exactly why you schedule a game like this and, and like so many. But uh, as a number of, you know, both you guys and, and some other folks in the chat have pointed out, I think ultimately that's not the kind of schedule that this team should be playing. Um, and so I'll kind of see what happens as we move forward from here. But um, does put a lot of pressure on them, both the Big Ten's performance and the non-conference so far, which has not been great, and the overall lack of quality games. It does put a lot of pressure on those remaining two big games that IU has because those should be the ones that um, can at least move the needle a little bit as we go forward. But you know, as for tonight, uh, I think you continue to try to figure out what this team is really going to be, and you, you put each game gives you a little bit better idea, a little bit bigger sample size of what that's going to be. And I think the defensive identity that Woodson talked about in the offseason continues to, to show up more often than not in each of these games as they go through. And the offense is a bit of a work in progress, whether that's the turnovers, whether that's the shooting from game to game and different things like that. But uh, overall, for what should project to be a, a reasonably decent team in a mid-major conference, uh, IU just dominated them from basically start to finish and, uh, and and the defense really set the tone and I think that's what you're looking for uh, from this from this team and then you hope that the rotations and um, the offensive you know philosophy and all that figures itself out as you go through the season and becomes a little bit more clear but game like this is is great for so many things from a confidence standpoint we talked about Lander at length we talked about Parker Stewart uh, you know Miller cop had another solid game with seven points and seven rebounds scoop scores in double figures again. I think you've got a lot of guys playing with confidence right now, and that's uh, ultimately what you're trying to build in the non-conference before you get into the grind that is 20 games of Big Ten basketball. So uh, this game is certainly another step toward that and an impressive performance from a defensive standpoint and from an offensive standpoint uh, at times. So, um, you know, 4-0 and uh, you know, heading into another couple winnable games here before that Syracuse game. So, uh, again, opportunities to see can this team – 
take what it does from you know does poorly in one game and improve on it in the next one and uh we'll find out on tuesday night uh but uh again solid performance 76 to 44 victory for iu and uh that will do it for tonight's show uh so with that uh we'll uh we'll wrap up and if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call and don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter special thanks to bob thompson for the music you hear on the show and special thanks to john ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo and thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you after the jackson state game on tuesday night until then Take it from me, Freddie Mac Swain Jr. Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim. And man, go up and dunk the ball. Go Hoosers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All righty. Well, Jeff, Kathy, appreciate you guys hopping on and apparently putting up with uh, poor audio issues from me. I can assure you that my friends at Cincinnati Bell were contacted uh, earlier this afternoon about my internet quality as we were trying to uh, watch football and the uh, our YouTube TV was constantly screwed up. So uh, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, to figure out what's going on. Um, but anyway, so appreciate everybody going through with that i think it shouldn't be on the podcast based on the way we record but for those listening live i apologize and we'll hopefully get yep. it uh figured out good well good luck yeah. should, yeah. Be, should be thanks great, for having us should be a great time it should be a great time so all right awesome well yep. uh i'm gonna wrap things up so i can get this posted and yep. uh and all that but again thank you guys for uh for hopping on on short notice and at least we had a good uh good blowout to talk about a lot of different guys contributed so yep. definitely yes. uh definitely a good one and hopefully more of the same on on tuesday that's uh that's one as long as you don't totally overlook something should be another game to get these guys some get these guys some run and, and let rob get healthy so yeah that's good all right fantastic all right well thanks gentlemen all right awesome thanks everybody i'll thanks, not Jeff. be on the tuesday yep. show uh so happy thanksgiving everybody and uh yeah and i will i won't be available tuesday either i've got a i'm doing a game on the radio here locally so Nice. Awesome. All right, cool. All right. Well, thank you guys. We will talk to you later. All right. See you. All right. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.